This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 147 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben, as always, and Gary is with me. Are you well, my good man? Yeah, a bit tired, actually. Um, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I'm all right, I'm all right. It seems a little bit weird to be coming together and talking about football from, from kind of having a... No, it hasn't been a week off, has it? Because I know we're in the FA Cup. It's also like almost like two weeks off from league action and a bit two and a half really by the time we've got to now yeah it seems a seems a long while it's linking yeah. the team we're talking about isn't it yeah it's a weird a weird break because it's um yeah i mean obviously we, we talked about a little bit about the fa cup game beforehand and it was like we sort of expected a second string to go out so it's yeah no real sort of massively uh massively competitive league games for well, for two weeks it's just you've yeah, been wondering what to do with myself but it felt at the right like- time I bet you found something to do to yourself. Um, hey. It feels a little bit like when I ring my dad up and then we kind of go, all right, all right, I haven't really got any news. <laughs> it feels a little bit like that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's been, yeah, it was weird. I mean, it, it came at the right time because um, I, I, was, I was away last week. So got a, a lovely week away that was then spoiled by BT. But that's another story for another yeah. time. I wondered how long, genuinely wondered how long. We've got like a minute into it and you're already moaning about bloody BT. Yeah, because they're and, and, you know, and the only reason I'm not going to tear you apart from it is because it's your nana. But other than that, I just, I just yeah, there's, there's a couple of things I can guarantee when I go on Twitter. And one of them is that within 10 tweets, either you or Kate will be moaning about something. Oh no, I try and stay positive on Twitter, but really? it's yeah, it's when when something happens like that, that's when I have a moan. Several like, moans. I mean it triggers yeah. you constantly. Yeah, because it's it's ridiculous. It was an eighty-six year old woman and they cut her off for over a week and then they decided to give her twenty quid in compensation. Twenty quid's a lot of money to the elderly. <laughs> yeah, but twenty quid, man. Two pounds a day. Sod off. You should have where does she live? Uh, Wiltshire. Right, well, you should have gone down there. 
Uh, I, I was the, down there. Well, there you go then. Well, then there was no problem because she had somebody to communicate with. She wasn't cut off, was she? She had you there. Yeah, but not when I left. Well, had, you should, but, yeah, but if you've been there a week, you being technological genius, man, you should have set up some sort of communications outpost. I mean, for, <laughs> personally, <laughs> I don't think this is BT's fault. I think that you are just a poor grandson. I'm going to punch you, Gary. No, you're not, because we're virtual. I wouldn't say it if we were together because I'd see the dying look in your eye and feel bad. <laughs> no, that's fair. No, it was just it's a horrible situation. But yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, they are. Of course, they are. But you know, people don't tune into the podcast to hear you moan. They can do that on Twitter. <laughs> We've had a week off, and you're yeah. just you're being vicious, absolutely vicious. I know because I, I've got it all pent up for a week. You've had a week of not being able to moan about something, and I've had a week of well, actually, I've had a week of really nothing at all because Fee's been in Cambridge, so. Yeah, so this is the week. highlight of your week. You, well, no, tomorrow's my birthday, so that's going to be the highlight of my week. Uh, get my PS5. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. You know what you should do? You should get out, get the PS5 out of the box now and start setting it up. Because by the time your birthday rolls around, it might have downloaded one thing. I told Fee that I'm going to wait till midnight. I want my PlayStation at midnight tonight. <laughs> And, uh, and she, I think she was going to comply, but then I realised that I've agreed to go and walk walk with my dad and the dogs in the woods at nine in the morning. It's like, oh God, then I'll have to get up early, and it'll just, I'll just be, I'll be more tired than if I'd gone to watch a gig with one of my friends who snores. <laughs> and then stay in a hotel room with them, which you definitely said you were never going to do ever again, and then went and did. Well, yeah, but then money came into it, didn't it? Yeah, that was, that, that was the problem. Now, funnily enough, Pete actually said that he had um, recorded me snoring, didn't he? He did. And he hadn't recorded me snoring, had he? No comment. No, I know he hadn't recorded me snoring. Uh, but I did record him snoring. <laughs> uh, but I've got about six voice recorders. and I'm not entirely sure which voice recorder I recorded it on. Um, but I did get him snoring, but I'm not going to play it because basically I can't find it. And every time I go to my phone to look for something, I always end up doing something else. Yeah, as was evidenced by uh, by pre-recording uh, shenanigans. But that's, you know, by the by. Send it to me if you find it. I'll stick it on the end of the podcast as a, a little Easter egg for people. And then Pete can stop being nice to me over over DMs. So anyway, um, but, you know, we're not here to talk about all that stuff, are we? Um, we, went, we made it through to the second round of the FA Cup, Gary. We did, yeah. It was um, it was alright, wasn't it? On a bad afternoon, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it, it 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 was interesting to be on the other side of the big FA Cup story. Um, like obviously we, you know, we've obviously had our story, and you know, the underdog doing everything, and it, it was kind of a bit weird to be the big club in that situation. But ultimately, you know. I didn't understand it when people say, oh, they were the better side for the first half. Because you look at the stats, they had one shot on target the whole game. And, you know, they made it hard work. But ultimately, I don't think we were ever in danger of losing the game. I don't think we were ever really in danger of conceding. Um, I mean, I know Sam Long got uh, got given man of the match, which I think was... Ridiculous. Yeah, I think it was probably a little bit <laughs> a little bit generous. Because um, he, did, he did make one phenomenal save. But apart from that, you know, the stats show... You know, one shot on target from them all game. It, it was uh, a difficult one to to justify, I think. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a comfortable afternoon in the end. Um, and I think ultimately we did what we needed to do. Got into the second round. 
and we will now face Hartlepool after they uh, surprisingly beat Wickham in a replay the other night. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one, isn't it? Um, again, yeah. I mean, do you want me to talk about the FA Cup title, or are you just going to move on through history and leave me sat here? No, I was going to say, okay, what cool. were your thoughts on it, Gary? <laughs> were you? Yes. Uh, sorry, I'm a bit prickly, aren't I, tonight? I'm you bit, are. I don't really know why, to be honest. I, I, maybe we should just start then. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I actually found it quite harsh, actually, because I found, I'm not here to fan shame, but I found some of the reaction quite harsh. I don't know what some people expect. We're, we're not Real Madrid. People, I say people, but there's one person who puts his head above it and and then kind of puts a comment out there. And if you do that, you're there to be shot at. Who, you know, I'm not going to name him, but he obviously said he was bored and he he wasn't entertained. It kind of just baffles me. Yeah, what, what do you expect? We've been watching Lincoln. I've been watching Lincoln for for what 35 years now, and. I don't ever recall a non-league side coming to Lincoln and getting torn apart. I mean, it's football basics. A team puts, you know, plays a plays a nine-zero-one formation, and it's going to be hard to break down. And it doesn't matter if you're bloody Romario, Ronaldo, Pele, whoever. Do you know what I mean? It's not easy to break down. So I didn't get the Bowers loving, and and I've stayed a little bit quiet. But actually, I thought some of their tackles were quite crude. And mm-hmm. I thought they they looked like a non-league side who hadn't, who had just come to hit us, not even hit us on the break. I mean, at times they weren't even trying to break. They had one, what I thought was decent footballer. Sam Long pulled off one save. Uh, stats actually show that we had a lot of shot on goal, shots on goal. Uh, but you know, what we didn't carve them open like England carved open San Marino. I, I just, yeah, I don't get what people want. And that was in the build-up. That was my apprehension. And I think I said it on the podcast that it, it was lose-lose. It didn't matter what we did. Even if we won 10-0, you'd get... Some people saying, um, you know, well, those sorts of matches, they're, you know, they're expected. It happened again on on Twitter the other night, didn't it, when England beat San Marino. You, know, you win the game comfortably. Well, it's what you should be doing. You don't win the game comfortably. Um, it's not good enough. You lose or you draw. Or it's, 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 it's catastrophic, um, which almost made me want Wickham in the next round, because at least then you know what you're going to get. If you know if you're going to play Wickham, it's just going to be absolutely awful. You know, what an afternoon that would have been. Christmas market afternoon. So it would be a ball eight to get into Lincoln. It would have been a ball eight to get out and we would have watched 90 minutes of complete anti-football. Oh, God. I'm de- I've never, ever been as pleased to to see Hartlepool win a game as I was the other night. <laughs> And that's not to say that the Hartlepool game will be particularly entertaining. It's another it's another lose-lose situation for Lincoln because, you know, OK, if we win heavily, maybe, maybe you might get the plaudits if we do a 6-2 Forest Green. But you come out of it winning 1-0 or 2-0 and people will go, well, you should be doing that because it's a team from lower down. And anything other than a win, people are going to go, well, it's not a very good result. This is a team that's just beat Wickham on their own ground that we couldn't do. I, yeah, it's tough, isn't it? I'd bring on, you know, let's get through it. Bring on the third round where we can be the team that, you know, play a nine-zero-one formation and a fat lad at centre half and, and and whatever. What am I being offered a contract? No, Ben, I'm not being. I, I would never body. Sh- well, I have just body shamed. Uh, <laughs> well, technically, I haven't referenced a, a centre half. I've just made a general assumption, so I'm not a body shamer. <laughs> No, that's fair enough. I mean, we did say on the podcast beforehand, you know, that it was um, it was likely to be um, a bigger game for for one player in particular than um, than you know the recent ones where uh, Dan Lundley was starting. Um, 
and I, I don't really think Hacks made the impact that we expected he would try and do, did he? Now it's we've unfortunate. got. Yeah, I've got to be careful here. I don't know if you've seen over this past week, but there's a Pompey podcast that's got into quite a lot of trouble because um, they said quite negative things about Sean Ragger and Rags called him out. This, on yeah. It. I mean, to be fair, they were talking about his his, his physicality. I think I, I don't know. I didn't listen to it. I don't listen to podcasts generally uh, much at the moment. I think um, it was more of a personal insult rather yeah. than talking about you know on the pitch. So I can I can understand that. Yeah, I can as well. And and but you know, Hacks was poor. Uh, he hit the post, mm-hmm. but he was poor in general. Now there are contributing factors to this. There's the eight men behind the ball. There's the complete lack of wit. There's complete lack of getting in behind. And we've seen what he likes to do is get to the byline and then kind of come across and come in. Uh, but it was it was just a continuation, I think, of, of what we've seen from him in recent weeks. And I, it's a very tough time. And like you say, we, we said on the podcast, if he starts the game, he's going to need to shine. Um, and I think it was probably a lose-lose for him. I think he yeah. would probably rather have started football league trophy against Carlisle, they're not going to come and defend. Yeah, that's a, what would be the point? It's Mickey Mouse trophy anyway. Imagine going and defending for a Mickey Mouse trophy. So, And they'll be at home. That would be the sort of game where actually he might get some joy, as he did against Bradford, as he did against Cambridge, because they were two teams that, you know, when I say were happy to let us run in behind, I don't mean they've, they've gone there, opened their legs and, and kind of gone, come on then, take us. You know, they've, they've, they've still kind of, they've still wanted to go for the game, but they've, they've allowed us to play. They haven't tried to counteract us. Yeah, but I think Hacks is a type of player when when he's counteracted and mm. he struggles, he's in poor form. Uh, I maintain he is a good footballer, and if when people, there's a difference, Ben. I think between people who say he's not doing well, people who say he's not good enough. If he wasn't good enough, he wouldn't have yeah. got played for Scunthorpe all that time. He wouldn't have got a move to Bristol City. He wouldn't yeah. have been on loan at Hull and Rotherham. Okay, he's not playing well. There's a difference. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the key factor that I'm. You know, I, I try and. I try and say is that when people turn around and say, oh, he's the worst player that I've ever seen at Lincoln City, it's like, well, is he though? Or is he just even in a bad run of form? Like, he's very clearly a very talented footballer. As you say, he's been given the moves to to Hull. He's played for, you know, say played for Scunny for all that time. And it's like, he's very clearly got talent and he's got the ability. It's just at the moment, I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if it's a, a mindset thing. I mean, it, it must be because he's just not some of the stuff that he's doing just isn't the simple stuff and he's not doing it right or he's not doing it well. And I think that's the, that's the frustrating thing is that sometimes he looks like he's trying to run before he can walk, particularly when he tries to, you know, take on defenders and sometimes he'll get past them and he'll, he'll do something and you're like, Oh, okay, this is going to be good. And then it's a simple thing that lets him down. And I, I just, I don't know what it's, what it is about him at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's, he's, you said it right there. He's he's not playing well, but he's definitely not a bad footballer. Um, so I think it was fear. I think some mm. of our players are playing with fear. I think Luis Fiorini does at times, um, and I think more so at home. You know, is it any coincidence that Hax's goals have both come away from home? Is mm. it any coincidence that some of our best performances have come away from home? I'm not sure that that, that it is. I think I don't know. I, th- I think these days, I think home crowds get frustrated very easily. Maybe, maybe I, I, because we were we've been crap for so long, we were just always frustrated and we didn't really think it mattered. But mm. it, it galls me, I think, a little bit when you know, it's, get it forward, and then they play it forward <laughs> and they lose it, and everyone goes, oh, and there's this audible sigh. But you you don't want to call individuals out. 
Um, but just yeah, getting on the backs. I mean, I, I genuinely think there was a group of, of fans who would have been happier to have seen Bowers win the game. I think yeah. there's a group of fans who would have been happy to have been happier to have been sat in the Bowers end, being the plucky underdog, than than the position that we're in now. I think yeah, it's it's it, it's tough. But look, you know, we say that hacks didn't come through it very well, and we're we're making one or two excuses for that for. You know the way Bowers played, but actually Max Sanders, I thought, played well. Freddie did, Draper yes. played very well when he came on as well. So, you know, it wasn't. It's not about the opposition. It is very much about the player. Again, I'll, I'll say. I said it before. I said it again. I think, you know, Hax has got a very, very short window now. Very yeah. short window, and um, before he becomes another Zach Elbazetti, Theo Archibald type. Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, you know, let, let's hope he can he can figure it out and and do well because as you say when you know some of the stuff that he played at Cambridge and some of the stuff he was doing um against Bradford as well he, he looked like a talented footballer and it's it's when that starts to come through you start to think oh this is, you know maybe he's got something about him and then it's just a simple thing that again lets him down and you think he's a good footballer and let me just yeah. challenge anybody at all anybody who listens to this who in the past three months has put that Hakeem Adelican is the worst footballer they've seen play for Lincoln City right Carnu Smith Drew Broughton come and change my mind <laughs> fair fair point um, so yeah obviously like I said Hartlepool in the next round it's going to be a yeah fun one on the Christmas market weekend like you say getting into Lincoln is going to be an absolute nightmare and getting away equally so so hopefully We've played on Christmas market weekend before. Everyone's made quite a big thing of it. And actually, with the bypass now as well, anybody coming from, from kind of my side of town and Washington and Hainton, Christmas market traffic shouldn't be all that much of a trouble because most of it will be heading to the north of the city. I, 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 don't, I don't buy it. buy it. I love it. I absolutely love it. You said the exact same thing 30 seconds ago. I repeat it and then you disagree with me. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm disagreeing <laughs> with me, generally. I, 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 I get what I mean is if with Wickham being there, it would have just been another contributory factor in, in a long afternoon. But I don't understand why there's been so much focus on it being Christmas market weekend when we've played it before. I don't I don't disagree that it will be an inconvenience of a certain a certain level. But there's almost been this, you know, oh, we're going to move the game and it's we're never going to move the game. No, because we've the played game, on it before. We're never yeah. going to move it. Yeah. So, it's, it's sorry, just, I wasn't disagreeing with you, Ben. Uh, sorry. It's just one of those, uh, you know, that was the typical Christmas uh, Christmas shopping weekend for all Lincoln City fans, wasn't it? FA Cup second round weekend. Um, <laughs> Do you know, for a minute, I missed the joke. Um, for a minute, I was going to say I haven't done any physical Christmas shopping in 10 years, but. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Um, so anyway, let's look ahead to Saturday. Um, away at Doncaster, they've not had a very good season so far, have they? It has been well atrocious. I think the only other team, well, the only team that's below them is Crew, um, a team that I called for relegation last season just because. So I was a season ahead with my prediction. Um, but yeah, Donny have been well poor, haven't they so far? Yeah, I mean, they've lost one in six, haven't they, at a minute? Um, they're unbeaten in three. Um, they've won three of their last four home games. It's, yeah, it's shocking, isn't it? All right. <laughs> Actually, they haven't. They've won three of their last five home games. No, it has been shocking. They're in the relegation zone. Um, 
so it, yeah, it hasn't it hasn't been ideal. And you look at them and you think it's the sort of game that we should go and win. But actually, you know, their their last home league game won all against Cambridge. Before that, beat uh, Cheltenham three two, lost to Wickham, but beat MK Dons two one as well. Uh, before that, beat Man City two one and beat Morecambe one nil. So actually, they've they've won four of their last six home games. Um, but then you know, before that, lose six nil to Rotherham. Um, actually, but that was in the uh, the Papa John's. Actually, their home form isn't too bad. Um, I, I'd be I'd be worried for them coming to us, but I, I'm not so sure that it'll be as straightforward as maybe I even first thought at one point earlier in the week. Um, once I've really dug into it and looked into it, uh, they're, they're not terrible at home, but they are um, ravaged by injury, absolutely ravaged by injury. So they've got. Um, uh, Fajiri Okunbiri, boom, first time. Uh, <laughs> he was at Shrewsbury, he's a decent lad, an attacker, really quick, nimble, he's injured. Cameron John is out injured. Uh, Roshan Williams is out injured. Matt Smith is out injured. That's not the Matt Smith that was on loan there before. They had Man City's Matt Smith, I think, at one point before. They've now got Arsenal's Matt Smith on loan. Um Aidan Barlow and Dan Gardner remain doubtful. Geordie Hawula has got a foot problem. Yeah, they, they they are struggling, but they've got good players. They've got John Bostock, who a lot of people will remember, I think, for being at Spurs. Ethan Galbraith's on loan there from Manchester United, who's uh, who's a decent lad as well. Uh, they've got Ben Close, who, who's impressed me in the past. So <clears throat> they're not a shocking side, um, but they've not had great form. I, I think it will be interesting. The one thing that will work in our favour here is that they, uh, there's no way that they're going to sit back and try and defend. They play a 4-2-3-1, so we'll almost match up like for like, uh, but they won't get away with, with, with sitting back and, and, and defending. It won't happen. Um, an interesting, you, you know how we, I, I love a stat. At home, they are outperforming their XG, so they score 1.11 goals. Um, against next year of 0.88 uh, and their uh, their goals against is, is about the same 1.67 the real problem is when you throw their away record in there because their away record they score a goal every two games uh, which is under their XG and they concede a go- uh, they concede two goals every game which is vastly more than their XG so Hopefully, when we're when we're previewing this in a month's time for the return fixture, because it's quite a quick one, uh, we'll we'll be talking about what looks like a, a relatively straightforward game. I don't think it's going to be as straightforward this weekend. No, no. I mean, to be fair, you know, I'd I'd not really, I'd, I'd not seen, I'd not picked up on the, you know, the home uh, the home form over the away form. Um, I was just looking at things like, you know, they they've not scored in eight games in the league this season. I think they've only scored more than one on three occasions so i think you know if you're gonna if you're gonna go there and attack which hopefully we will um you know are we going to be hopefully looking at uh maybe scaring the life out of them and, and maybe getting a couple of goals and, and really taking the game to them um but then having a look at it i think the only time they've scored more than two has or more than one sorry i think it has been at home yeah. yeah so you know they haven't they're not scoring on the road but like you say at home i don't know if it's because the fans are there and, and getting behind them or whatever but uh yeah going to be an interesting one at the weekend 
what I would also say is um, when you when you do delve a little bit deeper, so they'll, you know, their their home results have said um, one all with Cambridge. They beat Cheltenham three two. Now in that game, their xG was zero point eight one, and they scored three. Cheltenham's xG was three point four five, which is higher than I've seen when we've kind of scored five or, or at Cambridge, and they only scored two. So they should have lost that game on paper. Um, and then when you look at Morecambe, they beat Morecambe one nil. Morecambe's XG that day was 1.47, Doncaster's 0.68. So, actually, although they've got two wins in there, that you know, it's you wouldn't want to be Doncaster Rovers this season. And and people say about us, you know, well we're in a relegation battle and we've got to be looking over our shoulders. Damn sure I'd rather be 15th. Uh, where we are yeah. and people say okay we don't create an awful lot I, I disagree with that I think the perception is that we don't create chance after chance I don't think we're any worse really than we were last season and I think games like this weekend it's so hard to call because you're quite right you said we should be go there we should take the game to them they won't really be able to sit back because the home fans will soon turn on them um, and and that that can work against you. We I've said it just a little bit earlier about our home fans and when I think it affects our mm. players. You know, if Donny are injury ravaged, as they are, and they are um, the the crowd get on their back a little bit because they're a bit defensive and they start trying to do things and they get things wrong. An informed Lincoln City should win the game. Mm. Um, but if Doncaster have fostered some sort of spirit on the back of their recent run, you know they got through the FA Cup game against Scunthorpe. They've actually played Scunthorpe away twice on the bounce because they beat them in the Papa John's as well. Um, but if they if they can kind of build on their recent form and go into it with a little bit of confidence, then fair enough. Interesting fact: they'll have Joe Dodo up front, who I am 95% sure was a free agent striker that we spoke to after deadline day um, that turned us down and, and moved to Doncaster instead. So he's going to be uh, an interesting one to watch. Okay. Um, he was at Leicester with uh, Tom Hopper, I think, and he scored uh, five goals for them in 15 appearances. But only one of those has come in League One. He's got four in the um, Mickey Mouse Trophy, the Papa John's Trophy. So, uh, but he's probably primed to score. Other big names are say, I mean, obviously Jordi Hawula's struggling, Dan Gardner in the midfield, Matt Smith. So that's three of the four midfielders that played for them against Cambridge are out. John Bostock plays the holding role. He'll and possibly, like I said, Ethan Galbraith. And they've got a former imp as well. Uh, interestingly enough, at the back, Tom Anderson. I don't you probably won't remember Tom Anderson. Um, no, not off the top of my head. He was on loan for a short period from um, Burnley. I think it was Burnley. Okay. Uh, many, many moons ago. Let's have a look at his history. I'm sure he come on loan to us from, from Burnley. Uh, there he is. National League, six games. And that was about it. Yeah, it was. It was Burnley. So, But he's he's a, a, a decent defender. Um, but I... Yeah. But I... I say that I think it'll be tougher than it uh, than it looks, and I stand by that. I think it will be tougher than it looks, but I still think that this is a game we should be able to get a narrow victory from. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think, you know, when you when you talk about the you know the people that say, oh, we're in a relegation battle, and you've said it before, you've got to assume in that instance that there's going to be what, you know, two or three teams that you might not be able to beat or you know four teams that would be worse than you in the league and ultimately at the moment I'd probably well I would put Doncaster in that bracket um but 
you know, I say we'll have to see what happens. Um, going to be an interesting one. Um, and equally inter- as interesting, I don't know if you there's anything more you want to talk about with Donny. Um, no, I, I think it'll be a good day out. That's what I'll say. I think it'll be a good one for the supporters. Now, when I say a good day out, I don't mean like a tourist trip. I think it'll be <laughs> a good one to go. We've not won there since uh, I think it was 2003-04 season when we won 2-0 on a, on a night game. I think it was a Friday night. It was a Friday uh, they, night and it absolutely lashed it down all yeah, the game. Yeah, it did. And they were on their way to promotion and I was in the um, home end. We had oh, okay. tickets, a company called Geldwen, a door company that sold doors, um, had tickets for it. And I went along with their sales rep and a, a guy called Paul Stimson, a good friend of mine. And yeah, I had to sit in the home end and we sat on our hands when we scored. We'd drawn 0-0 <laughs> at our place earlier in the season. I think they'd even got Leo Fortune West playing from that season. Oh, you seem to remember that as well. Big Leo, who um, I don't know what happened there. He came for us, didn't he? He scored a goal or two. I thought he's, he looks good, him and Tony Battersby, classic big man, little man, and then he buggered off after about six games. Yeah. But uh, no, I remember that uh, I remember that night very fondly. It was uh, it was one of those away days where it was, I think, I was, would have been, when was it? 2002, 2003, 3-4. They, they came three, up in four. 2003. So yeah, I would have been 16, 17, and it was um, me and my dad on the coach and got there and just hell of a hell of a night got absolutely drenched but did not care one bit because uh it was just a really good evening really good night of football um and i yeah thoroughly enjoyed myself um and the photo that you posted um on twitter actually um i it looks a lot like it's uh it's rob makepeace in the in the photo but it uh rob says it's not him so hmm. I'm not sure who to believe. Um, I'll probably believe Rob. Anyway. Yeah, he should know. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, so, yeah, other other interesting fixture uh, for the week. And I'm not going to do the QI Claxon thing. Um, home to Portsmouth on Tuesday night. Uh, not too sure what to make of things at the minute. Because they have had a bit of a rough run. But it looks like they might be starting to turn a corner. I know they probably had one result that's... Uh, well, no, sorry. They had... No, let's have a look. Unbeaten six. Yeah, unbeaten six, three or one league win, uh, two trophy, well, trophy win, FA Cup win, and then draw, two, drawn two, in two the draws league, and a win. Two cup wins. Sorry, just to. Yeah. Soccer base will help you, is a better one. If you're using who scored, ignore that. Use soccer base. <laughs> I can tell you using who scored because I know how hard it is to work out what the uh, what the thing is. Yeah, I mean they had a good win against Wickham, where I th- from from what I understand for long periods of the game they it was a dour game. Was <laughs> a shock. Uh, <laughs> it was against Wickham. They were unconvincing in beating Harrow Borough, just as we were unconvincing in beating Bowers and Pitsy. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but actually the other wins one nil against Bolton. Uh, drawn with Accrington, drawn with Cheltenham. It looks very good because there's some W's in the columns, but mm-hmm. their standout result was when they beat Sunderland 4-0 at the beginning of October, and they followed that up by getting thumped 4-1 by Rotherham and 4-0 by Ipswich. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they've got Wimbledon at home this weekend, and it's hard to preview a game when there's a game to come it's hard yep. to i think look ahead you go look ahead till tuesday what to expect well you really know what to expect because if they beat wimbledon they've then gone four wins on the bounce unbeaten in seven you know then well actually they're probably going to be they're going to come to us and, and and do what they do 
kind of think there's there's two sides to the coin with the Portsmouth thing in that you know, they're not going to or they they'll have a large travelling support and that support is not going to accept defending for a point against Lincoln City. So it's the type of game in that respect that actually we could do quite well in. Mm. But we know that their manager likes to play. When I say an anti-football, I don't mean like a Wickham kind of this isn't football. They go out to play against you. So they play to the opposition. They don't play always to their own strengths. They have a plan to stop the opposition. And, and you know, look, the, yeah, we don't want to do the QI Claxon because... Yeah, I would have taken the mick out of you for doing it, but we know Danny Cowley inside out. We know what he does. Yep. So we know that he's going to come to Lincoln understanding our understanding our game and knowing how to stop us playing. If that's the case, they're actually going to be stuck in a quandary because it will be, do we go there and shut up shop and play three at the back or, or whatever and stop, stop Lincoln playing, but risk the ire of our fans? Mm. Or do we go there and try and win the game gong-ho? You and I both know that he's going to be the former. He ain't going to do something just to entertain the fans. That's not their thing. So uh, look, if we take four points from these next two games, I will be ecstatic. If we take mm. three from the two games, I think that will be satisfactory. If we were to take two, it would be a little disappointing. Mm. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I would uh, I'd agree with that. I think, like you say, we know what to expect from 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 Danny Cowley on on Tuesday, um, it's going to be like you said. He will set up to try and get the result that he needs out of the game, rather than you know just try and entertain. So it's going to be it will be a tough one on Tuesday. But like you said, I think without you know knowing what they've done at the weekend um, might dictate some of it as well. So and look, there's no point in kind of doing the whole. Oh, we can't talk about Danny, we've moved on and all that sort of thing. Because it's his first time that he will step foot in Sinsel Bank yeah. since leaving. Um mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's I think it's important that when I say it's important, it's acknowledged. Yeah, enough time has passed for for me in my in my mind for it not to be a a, a thing. Mm-hmm. It's the first time that he's managed at Sinsel Bank since beating Fleet for 2 0 on the thirty first of August. Yeah, over two years ago now. Yeah. Um, and I, I just it is a thing I'm sorry but it is a thing and, and yeah no I mean it is yeah you're, you're right and it was you know the reason that I didn't want to I, I didn't want to bring it up and say do the QI Claxon thing is because I knew you would take the piss out of yeah, it yeah yeah of course I would yeah I know <laughs> I, I, no, you're quite right and the thing is I've, I've seen a lot about it you know I've seen people on banter saying um, oh I hope people aren't going to boo the Cowleys and I think well why not they're an opposition manager uh, and then I think I've seen people saying oh we're obsessed because you talk about we talk about um, and all, all that sort of thing and you know, actually what they did for this football club was phenomenal they played a significant role in getting us to where we are now and um, mm-hmm. they, they they chose to do what they've done are they in a better place who can say you know they, they've taken their route we've taken our route it's one of those situations where you look back and think well we probably parted at the right time it might have been nice for him to stay till the end of the season but then mr appleton might have got picked up and then we wouldn't have had last season which which was phenomenal even though we weren't there uh, so i i would if i saw danny and nikki outside the ground i would happily say hello i'd happily shake their hand the second they walk out of the tunnel, they're the opposition manager, and they won't get any special treatment. They, you know, they, I wouldn't 
think about singing songs at them that kind of had a go at them whereas i wouldn't normally do it with other managers i, I, I don't resort i don't tend to resort to personal insults and I, why would i but they'll just be the opposition manager and when the whistle goes again at the end of the game absolutely honestly i wish them all the best for the season and yeah, yeah if we're top they i sincerely hope that that they were second that won't happen but you know what I mean wherever we are I hope they're just one step behind us yeah. and you know I, I do wish them every success because they were good guys and I don't give a shit whether that whether people call me a sycophant or whether I should let it go or whatever at the end of the day they you know they, they're the best they were responsible for the most successful spell this football club's ever had and if you can't acknowledge that then I'm afraid you're a knob <laughs> I mean I would agree with you 100% on that you know that there, there is there is a 90 minute gap on Saturday when, you know, they are, they are the enemy. They are, you know, like you say, opposition managers. And I I will hope that they get absolutely hammered. But as soon as the final whistle goes, or, you know, as soon as they come out, you know, before they come out for the, um, for the kickoff, they deserve the respect that, you know, I think I would hope that people would show them. Um, And that, you know, again, it's not being sycophantic. It's just recognizing what's been done. Um, you know, if people are still bitter about how how things ended, or you know how things uh, you know how they they went away, fair play. But you know, there's a lot there's a lot more to be bitter about than two guys leaving a football club um, in in the world. So yeah, I, I'm in a absolute agreement with you on uh, on you know how it's gonna how I'm gonna treat it on Tuesday night. But anyway, yeah, I I I just. I find it. Um, I just, I just find it fascinating. I find it fascinating that there is still, to a degree, this. Um, it's not. It's not an obsession, and and yeah, I wouldn't want people to think that. Certainly, I'm not obsessed with it as well. But you, you look back to, wonder if it was the same when Graham Taylor came back with Watford, and I think Watford beat us five nil. I wonder if it was the same then. I wonder if Taylor took the Graham Taylor took the same amount of of, of crap. Do you know it's been seven years since Lincoln City sacked a manager? Wow, seven years! Don't forget Cowley's weren't sacked. Chris Moyes walked um, under his own steam and uh, for the betterment of the club. Yeah, seven years. It's almost seven years to the to the, the week as well. We uh, it was just we were just a little bit shy. It was beginning of November 2014 after we drew three three with Forest Green after being three and a lot, and Simo was sacked. And uh, yeah. Seven years. We used to sack a manager roughly, yeah. I think, every eight months. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I remember the, you know, I remember the point where it was, what was it? Did we have three managers in the season at one point, or am I? Yeah, we did. That? Yeah, no, we sacked Sam Ellis, and Steve Wicks came in, and we sacked him, and then John Beck came in. Hmm. That um, was, yeah, that was the very early days of my uh, of my fandom. Yeah, and we had, I think, Steve Thompson left, and then Keith came in, had a season, and he was sacked, and that was when Sam Ellis came in, hmm. and then obviously it was. Peter Jackson left and then we had a year of Chris Sutton and a year of Steve Tilson and a year of David Holdsworth and, you know, sack, sack, sack. Mm. So, seven years. Amazing. Just shows you what stability can do to a football club though, doesn't it? It does. It does. It shows you what, prop, what a good appointment can do as well. Yeah, and, and, yeah, Danny and Nicky were, were a good appointment and mm-hmm. they moved on and we made another good appointment in Michael Appleton. So Absolutely. Um, and long may it continue. Anyway, Indeed. they're the games. Um, quick mention. Can I just issue just, just before we go on to football? Can I just issue a warning to people about um, quadruple strength orange squash? <laughs> can I issue that warning? Feel free, because 
now might not make the edit, but it'll but you know, feel nowadays orange squash, you know, like Robinson stuff. I'm trying to drink that in a week. I'm, I'm not even drinking sugar free bubbles. Do you point you point something out to me? I've listened to you. You were saying now when you drink it bloats you, and when you stop drinking, you, you actually look thinner, even though you're not particularly losing anything because you're not getting that air in the bubbles and that. Do you remember that conversation we yeah, had? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I, it stuck with me. It resonated with me. So I've cut all fizzy. I used to drink sugar-free Fanta in the week because I figure it's like drinking fizzy water, but it's still fizzy. So I started drinking orange squash and I got one last night. Feed been to the shop and bought some new orange squash. Oh, brilliant. So I made myself one. I've drunk it. And do you know what? I was like, I took one mouthful of it and thought my head was going to go. It was like, Jesus Christ, what's wrong with this? And it's it's quadruple strength. And I didn't realise this was a thing. It's like literally you only need four pipettes in a pint glass to yeah. get a decent glass of orange squash. Bloody hell. And I made, I made the same mistake. I've literally just had, I've just drunk it while I've been on air and I've forgotten about it again. And so I've been drinking this quadruple strength orange squash. Think every time I'm drinking it, thinking, oh God, I forgot about that. It's like li- it's like drinking liquid Haribo. <laughs> Put Haribo in a blender with some water and try that. Jesus, it's just the same thing. Anyway, there we go. I, I am with you on that because somebody in our, uh, somebody that writes for the website was talking about it the other day. There was, I'm trying to just scroll back quickly through the conversation that we had, but he said the exact same thing. There was like some, um, I think it was like uh, strawberry and berry squash. And that yeah. was, that was like, you know, concentrated and then it said that of quadruple strength it said you only need a teaspoon in a glass it's like what (laughs) you know for a a full glass you just need a a teaspoon of stuff and then that led to a whole other conversation about who actually uses teaspoons in terms of liquid measurements which yeah nobody is ridiculous yeah but uh, you go with cough medicine it says you need a teaspoon so you're like you just take a smaller swig yeah Yeah, yeah no. I, I actually, I've got massive respect for the orange squash industry for going down the route of producing a quadruple strength product in the same size bottle for the same price. Because actually, they're, pardon the pun, diluting their own sales, aren't they? Mm. Because you're using far less, or you should be, unless you're a knob like me and don't read the label. And when you do <laughs> read the label, forget the next time. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it's it's that's completely fair. I just I've, I haven't tried it yet myself, and I'm making sure that. You know, we don't um, we don't pick up a bottle of that by accident and, you know, pour as much in and blow my head off. Well, you should yeah. pick it up on purpose because it's it'll save you money in the long run. You'll, That's you'll what probably I mean, like, invest you know. in about five bottles of orange squash a year less. You'll save yourself yeah, like, like 10 pounds or something, which you can spend on, I don't know, something Lego. else. Yeah, well, well, yeah, Lego. Well, not Lego. Um, stickers. What are we? Honestly, it's like a Toys R Us podcast. We, can spend, it, we can spend it on Lego and stickers. And drink orange squash and get off <laughs> our head on liquid Haribo. Ah, that's the five-year-old hour with Gary and Ben. Oh, dear. Anyway, Ooh, so yeah, let's let's move on to some questions. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, because uh, you, you put the call out for some questions a bit earlier on. Um, yeah. There was one question which I'm dreading asking because I know there will be an infinite amount of piss taking coming back at me but first question we got through is from andy phillips and he says best away day food that you've ever had no idea um i don't go away for food i can't remember what i've had anywhere uh, i had a burger at cambridge which was pretty good because somebody paid for it um <laughs> and free food is great <laughs> but you know, genuinely normally we we eat on the way there and the way back and i i, I don't tend to buy food at a ground so mm. I, I can't comment kind of the same to be honest um 
And even at even at home. My like, bite my lip. Go on, go on, no, let go it on, out. You go. go on, you Saying go. even at home, I don't eat food in the ground. I eat it beforehand. Yeah. Quite right. And and that's a very subtle difference because a lot of people put things on um, social media with, oh, look at this great food at Grimsby Town. But nine times out of ten, it's come from a vendor outside of the ground because no matter what you say, 90% of the time, food in a football ground is awful. Yeah, there is there is an amazing account. I think... Um... I think uh, Jack Mulhall was tweeting about it the other day and he was saying like, you know, I think he picked up on this saying, oh, that must be from a food van outside the ground. And then he said, look, this is proper football food. And it was something like four quid for chips and cheese at Birmingham City. And it was just some, yeah. a few <laughs> chips and a slice of cheese, slice on top of cheese of it. unmelted on top. Yeah. <laughs> look, I know people moan about our food in the ground and and yeah it isn't great uh, I, I i would just don't eat it and people that moan about food in a football ground i think just get somewhere before do you know what i mean like if you're going on an away day you're gonna drive past the mcdonald's just, mm-hmm. just get some food there or get to go to a chippy beforehand or something i had, I had some great chips at crew i mean it's from a chip shop nowhere near the ground but they were good mm-hmm. uh, but i like chips i mean wednesday away i had a uh, went into a, a place, I think it was just called the Potato Hut or something, and it was just all jacket potatoes. Um, and they were massive as well, like the size of your head. So I had a jacket potato. But the, the girl in there had no idea what she was doing. She asked me how much it would be. I was like, I don't know, you work here. Like, I don't know how much your jacket and cheese is. So. Oh, you should definitely have gone £1.50. <laughs> I did think about trying it, but unfortunately, yeah, I think she might have been a little bit too switched on, even though she wasn't very much so. One pound fifty, and I get a free pint with that. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Some of the food vendors outside our ground are very good, um, and I didn't. I, I found that out at Stoughton Estates with the Curry Jacks rather than actually at the ground, because again, I have a full English breakfast on match day, and then I eat when I get home. So, but yeah, Curry Jacks are very good. Yeah, man, that's what I'm. T- that's what I've been telling you. Yeah, but I don't wash it down with a hot dog. Neither do I, Gary. <laughs> I always manage to get you buying two lots of food because you're probably normally buying Rachel's as well. That's yeah, and that's the thing. I I'm you know I don't I don't turn to Rachel and go there you go get your own bloody food because Gary will take them. Well, actually, I did try that actually. I did try saying get your own food because Gary's going to take the, take a photo of me and take the piss. And she said no, get my food. Went, All right, fair enough. Um, anyway, she demanded like that. Get my food. Pretty much. Wow, you're worse than my mate Dave. He was late for squash the other day, and when uh, he was at five o'clock, he finished work. He turned up to play. I play squash, by the way. But he turned up at six o'clock. I said, "Why are you late?" And he's like, "He had to cook his partner a dinner." That's fair enough. You share the chores. She was off that day. She was off work. Oh well, he's got no excuse then. And uh, but then get this right. And, and sorry, I know we're going off on a tangent a little bit, so my apologies for that. But he then said to me this week, I, I, I took the piss a bit. <laughs> Shock! It's not just you. <laughs> I said, "Oh, have you, have you cooked, cooked dinner? Have you?" And he went, "Yeah, yeah, I've done that." I said, "What, what did you do?" And Spanish chicken. He goes, "But I'm out for three nights, so I've done her enough for four nights." And I thought, okay, fair enough. I said, "How much sauce have you used for that? Though? Like four nights of chicken tonight, Spanish dinner, Spanish chicken." He's like, "Only one jar." So like, Jesus what? Christ, you know, you're starving, huh? So you're going to have a quarter of a jar of Spanish chicken with obviously bits of chicken in it. I, I don't think that they're going to be denting the Bernard Matthews empire, are they, with that? <laughs> uh, One anyway. piece of chicken breast tonight that's been sliced up. Yeah, um, exactly. I, 
when Fee was working away, if I was doing a Lloyd Grossman booner and chips, which is what I used to do, booner and chips cracking, I'd use two jars so that there was enough sauce for me. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Gary. The smaller jars, the smaller jars, don't judge. Actually, yeah, to be fair, the uh, the Lloyd Grossman ones are. Thank you. Yeah. Why are we talking about this? Anyway. Yeah, um, good point. Let's move on. Don't ask about food ever again. I'm so hungry. <laughs> Fee's doing chicken on crude tonight, for those that like to know what I'm going for dinner. That's nice. That. We had that at the weekend with my nana. Yeah. Um, Connor asks, uh, any surprises or shockers in the league so far, i.e. Wednesday peg to go back up in the first half of the season, quite below par, et cetera. Um, Wednesday weren't tagged to go up by me. No, I mean, I, I said as well, I thought... Um, I thought they were going to be ones that would uh, potentially struggle. Um, I, I think, you know, from my point of view, I think the surprise for me is, is probably Plymouth. I, yeah, I don't, 100%. I yeah. didn't have them pegged anywhere near well, you know, as well as they've done, and they've absolutely smashed it. Um, I had to go down. So, well, there you go. You know, I think I, I had them sort of somewhere in mid-table mediocrity, and they've sort of, you know. Well, they're sitting top of the league at the moment. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think that's really the big surprise for me. Um, I think, you know, I, I don't think there were too many other teams that we would have, well, we were expecting to do well that haven't done or we're expecting Charlton. to do. Charlton. Thought Charlton. Uh, yeah, Charlton actually, yeah, that's fair. that's fair. Cambridge have surprised me. They're tucked in mid-table. I thought that they might be cut adrift at this point. Okay. Um, so they, they've surprised me a little bit and looking kind of higher up the division probably not you know probably take Plymouth Cambridge because Ipswich are climbing said they would after mm-hmm. they beat us really I imagined that but actually Donny as well I thought Donny would be doing a bit better than they are yeah I mean Donny and Crew. I think they were I don't think I picked Crew to do badly this year um, unless somebody will point that out on the podcast i can't remember what i said but um yeah I, I, I wasn't expecting crew to be as awful as they are um and yeah you know donnie obviously kind of expected to to be mid-table or thereabouts um but we're only a quarter of the way through a third of a way through the season yeah we? absolutely um, in fact we are almost just 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 over aren't we in some instances like if you played 16 you're just over a third of the way through the season so yeah yeah, be interesting run up now between now and Christmas. You ask, ask that can if we do questions again, ask that again at Christmas because I think that the league will change significantly by then. Oh, I've got no no doubts about that. Um, but while while we're talking about thirds and quarters, actually, did you know? And this ties back to food because I'm getting hungry now. McDonald's tried to introduce the third pound burger, and they took it off sale because people were convinced it was smaller than a quarter pounder. <laughs> <laughs> Thought, well, no, I didn't know that. True story. Yeah, yeah. They, they introduced a third pound burger, made a massive deal out of it, and people didn't buy it, and they just kept buying quarter pounders because they were bigger. Wow. <laughs> no, they're not. That's not how maths works. Um, right, next question that we've got uh, was from Johnny. Johnny Benson says, just had an international break. What is the highest ranked country that you think the current squad could beat? Um, and that then led us to the FIFA World Rankings page. Um, and suddenly, it, it kind of points out how ridiculous it all is, doesn't it? Well, it does, because I've looked through, uh, well, we've both looked through the rankings, and you can't say, like, oh, I think that we'd beat teams above a certain rank, because, yeah, I mean, 
the rankings are utter utter madness mm. um i mean like you look through I mean, obviously we wouldn't be anybody you wouldn't have thought in the top 50 but qatar bear in mind are 46th Mm. And you'd kind of think, well, maybe I, I, I think that the highest place team that I think that we would have a chance of beating would be somewhere around the 60s. There's Congo in 67, mm. Iraq in 72. But then you've got North Macedonia in 74, who have just come second in their qualifying group for, for the World Cup. So do you know what I mean below that? I'm not so sure, but. I don't know enough about Cabo Verde or Caracal, but I would imagine that we would give both of those a good game. And they're 76th and 81st, uh, respectively. I haven't seen Scotland. Scotland. Um, Palestine in 100th, Madagascar in 99. Vietnam, I would certainly fancy our chances against in 98th. It's it's mad, isn't it? Because the thing is, you look at it and there will always be, you know, for at least the top, probably top 100 you're probably going to be looking at one player in the top flight at least in a league in europe and you would expect you know maybe one or two but then like you say you've got like you know bosnia and herzegovina they're in what 56th you've got uh honduras in 68th yeah they're um, really badly though in the concaf thing really mm. badly honduras yeah, you know, and it's it's just it's it's hard to it's hard to know. But the thing is, you you don't well, I say you don't play for your country unless you're good. But you know, we saw what happened with San Marino. <laughs> well, you got Panama there in 69th, and they're only I think a point behind Mexico in the World Cup qualifying for uh, the America. And let me say, North Macedonia 74, and you got. I mean, it says Cabo Verde, which I'm assuming is the Cape Verde Islands. You would imagine, you'd imagine that you could beat the Cape Verde Islands, wouldn't you? Who do they have playing for them? I'm going to do a little bit. I banged the keys hard <laughs> there because I didn't want people thinking um, that, trying to make me, people make, me trying to make people think I knew who played for Cape Verde. <laughs> I didn't want to just suddenly go, well, Cape Verde have got such and such and such and such. Uh, I mean, the clubs that play the, the club football, in Cape Verde, you've got a defender who plays for Shamrock Rovers. Okay. And to be fair, do you know what? Actually, up top, they've got a lad at Olympiacos, a lad at Partizan, a lad at Mets. No, we might struggle against Cape Verde. See, that, that's what I mean. Like, you, you look at it you, without without a bit of, you know, full-on looking into it, there will probably be a player in most of these teams in the top, you know, probably the top 100, where you've got at least somebody in the top flight in, in one of the European leagues. And it's like, well... Yeah, yeah, it's hard oh, to man say. Don't have a man. Man, yeah, everybody in a man plays more or less in their league. They've Sorry. only got. I'm just, I'm just juggling at the fact that you said everybody in a man. Yeah, I'm a child. Sorry. There you are. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not sure that I think we'd beat them. I think we'd beat a man. Seventy seventh. Mind you, Bolivia are 78th and they were in a World Cup recently. So, Yeah, crazy. It's, it's hard to know without uh, without seeing a lot of the teams in action. But, I mean, it, it is a bit of an eye-opener, isn't it? You look at the, the world rankings. I've, I've never, ever looked at this page before in my life because I've just not been bothered about it. It's, you know, 
have you do they win a world cup yes right then they're the best team in the world that's it basically Uh, i I, I do look sometimes i have to write articles about um and and it might surprise you to find things like the Concacaf um qualification that's how i know that canada are top of the group usa a second mexico a third panama a fourth jamaica a fifth uh, costa rica a fifth jamaica a sixth and it's san el salvador and honduras so okay yeah, there you go. I, I'm convinced that San Marino are 210th. I think if they played the British Virgin Islands, they'd win. I think that the reason San Marino are so low down is because they have to play big clubs. But putting San Marino 210th and Anguilla 209th is like putting um, us up against Man United and Liverpool every single week and saying that we're crap, uh, but we're not as we're even worse than a, a division six Sunday league team who get beat by division five Sunday league teams. It's, it's not comparable. No. Uh, anyway, right. Um, last question, I think, um, did you do? Oh, to be fair, Pete did ask, you know, how many courage acts would you have to buy me to not play the audio of you snoring? But we've established we, that, that may or may not exist. It doesn't exist. No, <laughs> it doesn't exist because I didn't get any sleep. Uh, and you have to be asleep to snore. <laughs> um, final question is from John Clark. He says, hi, chaps. Have you ever listened back to the podcast on half speed before? I accidentally did this on my drive home today. And the last few minutes of the last podcast are like a hilarious drunk couple, i.e. how much better are dogs than humans? I I haven't, but I have listened to podcasts on half speed. And it's amazing because, yeah, like you say, it just sounds like everybody's really drunk. And you don't listen back to the pod, do you? No. No, I don't. And I, I have enough problems um, listening to Under the Cosh on my phone without any interruptions, let alone trying to play it in a, in a slower. So when I do listen to a podcast, I, I like to... I haven't. I might, I might go on and slow this down a little bit. You know what we should really do to spin John Clark out? I know what you mean. Oh, we should talk really quick so when he slows it down, he says I've been talking like normal. <laughs> oh dear. But no, that's that. That was it for questions this week. Um, do feel free if you have a random question throughout the week to throw it to me and Gaz, and we will potentially get it answered on the podcast. Um, probably feels right as well we've not said this for a while but if you are listening and you're not subscribed subscribe to it um and also if you're on itunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts drop us a review because reviews are good and apparently good reviews help us move up rankings and stuff and it would be yeah, nice unless, to... unless you think we're shit then don't don't bother yeah i mean that's always the way isn't it if you think it's good tell a friend if you don't then don't you know or tell three you know whatever it was but you know that's the thing like if, if you know, hopefully you enjoy this we, we seem to be getting a few more numbers each week so tell people and uh and give us a rating and hopefully wow what the hell was that uh it was an alarm going off on my phone my apologies <laughs> See, as if there was any proof needed that this is a professional outfit <laughs> Gaz was fanning about with his phone while I was talking and an alarm went off. Yeah, all right. So, you know, I was fanning about it. It wasn't actually an alarm. Uh, I didn't realise my thing was turned up. You were talking and I clicked on somebody's Facebook story and it had a loud tune accompanying it. <laughs> Sorry. Mate, I know exactly. I can read you like a book sometimes. It's, like, it's so obvious. So obvious that you're just fanning about with your phone while you're talking. 
Oh, I feel like I've been rumbled. Do you know what? I was a miserable sod at the beginning of this podcast. I feel in quite a good mood now. It's no, been quite. It's been a good segue for me from from the kind of because I've started a new job. Then I took so nearly three weeks, but I've got a long weekend, so it's been a nice segue from work into not work, which is quite good. Yeah, that's good. But, I'm uh, sorry for being a cock to you at the beginning of the show. It's all right. You know, not sorry for the other 146 episodes, but this, <laughs> this one, I'm sorry. I have come to expect it. It's all right, my friend. Um, but uh, no, I think um, unless there's anything else that we need to put. Oh, actually, there is. Um, if you've still not claimed your uh, your prize from the from the raffle, do so. Because um, I think there's still, I think there's probably still one spot that's not been claimed from the box. Keith. I know Keith has got. Oh, there's a box, is there? I know Keith Fletcher. I've, I've got to put him in contact with Roy um, for the uh, picture. I, know I think that. he did. He also get the bracelet because I know that was something yeah, that I've. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I need to get it. Need to speak about that off there, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, no, I want to give a big shout out to my friend Chris as well, who I know listens all the time, um, and well, my former friend Chris because he beat me at pool the other night, so I'm not inviting him around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, you know what? I was, I was gutted. I was, well, I wasn't gutted because I enjoy playing, but it's just like I've been beat on my own table. My dad did it a couple of times, and uh, yeah, it's good. I like, I like playing pool and talking Lincoln City. So, um, and a big shout out to Dave, who I beat ten nil at Swash just to reclaim a little bit of pride. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so yeah, I mean, if there's anything else that we need to plug, then we can do. Otherwise. Um, I think it's probably a spot to wrap yeah, up for the week. Just want to take a little moment just to have a quick laugh at Steve Evans as well, because obviously, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you've seen, but he's basically he, he did an interview where uh, he said the other day that nobody's motivating the motivator, nobody motivates him at Gillingham, and he was thinking of playing a goalkeeper outfield, uh, and then Stevenage have come in for him, and he's, he was kind of hinting that he wanted to go, and Gillingham have turned down the approach. <laughs> I mean, there was no bigger come and get me than there was from that interview, was there? Hello. Like, does an interview basically saying, yep, all right, cool. Um, I'm I'm getting a bit fed up. Um, if Stephen had you've come in for me, I'm going to have to speak to the chairman about that. It's like, oh, OK, so right, you, you do want to go then. Um, just, I don't like that, man. I don't know. I, 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 I think it's awful. Um, he just completely moans about it. Who motivates the motivator? Yeah. I mean, I would have thought the substantial wage that you're undoubtedly being paid at there would be uh, a motivator enough, Steve. Yeah. I, uh, I feel sorry for him, but I just don't have it in me. No, no, he shouldn't be in football. But, you know, that's a podcast on its own. Um I was, actually, I was actually hoping to find the sound bite on... I'm fanning my phone again. I was actually hoping to find the video... Uh, so that I could play it now, so that people who hadn't heard it could hear, hear it. But uh, I've gone down a rabbit hole instead, and now looking at cat videos. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Right. Are we ready? So I don't know what the sound quality will be like on this. I think I'm, I'm making. You've probably got about eight or nine professional players left at the minute. They're, they're dropping like flies. I mean, how do you just stay positive? Well, the motivator has to motivate the motivator. Nobody at this football club motivates me. No one. Absolutely no one. Paul Rayner on some days. He's the only one. So nobody motivates him except Paul Rayner. Um, hang on a minute, you just said nobody. I don't know. Could you hear that very well? Yeah, yeah, that was fine. Yeah, nobody motivates me. Nobody motivates me. This football club. What? Not even the fans, Steve. Bit of a slap in the face. 
Uh, I did have to laugh the other day, actually, when uh, there was a, uh, an article saying that he, I think he said that Sheffield Wednesday came in for him over the close, or was it the season that they went up? Yeah, when he uh, they did, yeah, he did say that. And I was like, yeah, all right, I'll take things that didn't happen for 20 quid, please, Steve. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it was just like when uh, when the Times came in for me um, while I was writing <laughs> Stacey West, but I decided to stay with doing what I was doing. Cause... Yeah, I decided to turn down IGN. It's all good. Yeah. But uh, no, nah, man, just, uh, it makes me laugh in all the wrong ways. What an arse. Anyway. Nobody Ben, I'll be honest, nobody motivates me on this podcast. Nobody. Who motivates the motivator? Apart from you, you you motivate me, but nobody else at this podcast motivates me. <laughs> oh dear, we should get uh, what was his name, Derek Evans in. Who? Mister Motivator Gary. Oh God. <laughs> I don't know why I know his real name, but I do. No, I don't know why you know his real name either. Anyway, probably a good spot to uh, to call that one for the week. We will yeah. see you next week. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. And all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.